Funding for the Hinckley Report is made possible in part by the George S. and Dolores Dore Eccles Foundation and the Cleone Peterson Eccles Endowment Fund. Hello, I'm Jason Perry, director of the Hinckley Institute of Politics. And today we are excited to present an exclusive podcast edition of the Hinckley Report. As Salt Lake City's mayoral primary nears, we are taking a closer look at the candidates vying to run Utah's capital city. If you haven't subscribed to our podcast, please do so through your preferred platform. The race for Salt Lake City's mayor is one of the biggest stories of the summer. After Mayor Jackie Biskupski announced she would not seek a second term, candidates lined up to fill the city's top spot. Their backgrounds and vision vary, so to get to know them better, we asked each candidate to answer some important questions. For fairness, we asked each candidate the same questions. A note, Rainer Huck was unable to join us due to a scheduling conflict. Joining us first in the studio is Jim DeBacchus, former state senator who has also served as the Democratic Party chair and helped co-found the Utah Pride Center and Equality Utah. Thanks for being with us today. It's always a thrill to be at the Hinckley. Let's start with your vision as uh, a mayor. As mayor of Salt Lake City, what is your number one priority? It is to bring everybody together. You know, where, wherever we are on homelessness, on clean air, um, on affordable housing, the missing ingredient for Salt Lake City, this 203,000 blue people uh, with, a, with a big suburban red and an, a very deep red in the rural areas, we can't do anything without the help of the governor, hopefully the new governor-to-be, to, with the legislative leaders, with the legislature, working with the county, with the, the mayor has to also get along with the city council. And so if we're going to be serious about any of those things, we've got to understand that means rolling up our sleeves and getting on the phone and having a relationship with uh, the people that make things happen because Salt Lake City just can't clean our air on our own. So how are you going to do that? That's a relationship with lots of stakeholders, including the legislature. Well, look, my last uh, moments in the legislature, President Niederhauser, the president of the Senate, called me in and said, as we come down to the caucus today. And I said, oh, uh, you're sure you want me in the sacred Republican caucus where everything is decided? And he said, yeah, come down. So I got down there and uh, they said, we're not ready for you yet. Get out, get out. We're talking about secret stuff. So I got in there and Nieder and the rest of the Republican senators said, we haven't really invited anybody in to say this before, but we're going to miss you. We've liked working with you. You kept us laughing. You've never insulted any of us personally. Sometimes you said things that we felt like needed to be said, but given our political position, we couldn't say. And we, we, we've, we've appreciated having you here and we're going to miss you. And old Hinkins, my buddy from the eastern part of the state, said, yeah, Debacus, I never hated you because you're gay. I just hated you because you're a crazy socialist. And somebody else said, you're always welcome in our homes. And one of the other senators said, yeah, that's not true of a lot of us. And I believe that I've been out there trying to be that voice for progressive people, not just in Salt Lake, but all over the state. But I did it in a way that um, I hope I didn't make enemies along the way. And, there, you know, there have been a couple. But uh, all in all, I understand the power of working together collaboratively. And I'm going to pick up my mobile phone 
and I know Spencer Cox's number or Greg Hughes's number or Thomas Wright's number, or I don't, I don't have Huntsman's number anymore because I, I, I don't have the numbers in Russian, but I'm telling you, that's the very first thing that needs to happen. We've got to work together. We're not going to solve the problems of Salt Lake. What do you think distinguishes you from these other candidates that are running for this office? I think what people don't know about me is up until eight years ago, my life was business. That's what I did. I created a business. I, I had a payroll. I was up in the middle of the night wondering, how am I going to make this in a few nights? And I know how to read a spreadsheet primary requisite for being mayor is it's a $330 million a year business with almost 3,000 employees. So you can have great position papers, but first and foremost, you've got to know business. You've got to know how to get rid of people and hire people and motivate people and have had that responsibility over people's lives. So everybody understands the kind of bloviating Senator DeBacchus that stood up and said what needed to be said, I just, I haven't told the story about my pre-life. Well, uh, when you start uh, kind of combining your pre-life with what you're going to bring to this office, uh, the policies of Salt Lake City tend to have an impact throughout the entire state. Not enough. Uh, Well, how how are you going to make it enough? What are you going to do? What's the vision there? The vision is uh, the bold, bright ideas which I have, which are on my website, It's going to be a lot of conversations with our new governor and with Senator Adams and with others. You know, the good things that I affected the state over the six years I was in the Senate didn't particularly have the DeBacchus name on them. And they came in the corner with my arms around the shoulders of of those with power saying, you know, wouldn't this be a good idea? Uh, Ronald Reagan said it, and I get some criticism for saying it. He said, and I have on my desk a quote that says, if you don't care about who gets the credit, it's amazing what you can do. And I believe that, and, and I think it's time Salt Lake City stood up for its values, but also recognize that if we're going to solve our problems, we need to be b- part of the broader community. Thank you so much for being with us for today and the insightful answers. Candidate for Salt Lake City Mayor, Jim DeBacchus. I love the Hinkley Institute. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Bye. We now welcome Senator Luz Escamilla, who has represented District 1 in the Utah legislature for over a decade now. She currently serves as Vice President of Community Development at Zions Bank. Thanks for being with us. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. So as mayor, uh, in terms of priorities, what will be number one for you? Um, Number one will be sustainability. We need to make sure that we address all of the issues that we're talking about, Jason, from the angle of sustainability. We want a sustainable Salt Lake City. We're growing fast. The economy is strong. and It's going to get stronger. But obviously, that then that pushes pricing, obviously, in affordable housing when we talk about housing. The homelessness situation, we still have to tackle that. And it's number one on day one because we will have a bed shortage. I mean, we're talking about that. But it's how do we address air quality, our relationship with the state, everything from the angle of sustainability. We want families to be sustainable. When we talk about equity and transportation, let's make it sustainable. Everything will be from the angle of sustainability under my administration. So you mentioned the legislature a little bit, and so uh, policies like that will require some 
cooperation with the state. How do you anticipate you're going to work with them to hit the sustainability model? I'm very excited of that piece. I think my biggest strength is my relationship with the state legislature and the governor's office. Um, we can't do this alone. We are the capital city. Salt Lake City is the capital city. And I see this little blue dot in the middle of the Red Sea. It doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means we have different ideas and, and different, um, you know, visions sometimes. But we can certainly move forward in collaboration, in cooperation with them. There needs to be um, an ability to recognize that when the city, the capital city of the state succeeds, everyone succeeds. My job is to make sure my current colleagues in the legislature see that vision. And I'm excited to be able to do that. I have 11 years doing that with my legislation and 50 plus bills have passed. With, you know, me being the sponsor of those bills, where I can now bring the whole vision of Salt Lake City and the ability of saying, look, we can collaborate, we can bring the world to Utah and have them be welcome in Salt Lake City. We have what it takes. We have great higher education institutions, such as the University of Utah, where my alma mater is here, but also um, great technology businesses. We have great people, a diverse community. We need to be all-inclusive, but we need to work in collaboration with the state. I There's no way we can um, do this alone as a city. We don't have the taxpayer's base. I mean, we welcome almost twice as many people in Salt Lake City every day. And it's really difficult to maintain that infrastructure if we don't have the collaboration of the state. And I think I'm the one that's ready to do that now. I mean, mm -hmm. even before the election happens. Well, let's talk about that experience for just a moment, because anytime you have a, a race with several candidates in, in it, you want to talk about what differentiates you from them. And you, maybe you tie on tie into this a little bit what you just said, but what is that key differentiator? For for me is the experience, the record, and the reputation. That's what we're asking every voter in Salt Lake City. Look at our experience. Experience matters. We have a master's degree in public administration, a business degree from the University of Utah. I've worked with business. I've been in the private sector. I've also worked for the executive branch with you under the Huntsman administration. Great experience to get that feel of what it means to be in the executive branch. But I've also done non profit work. I've served in many, many capacities, but more than anything, I'm a bridge builder. That's what makes me different. I know that I don't have all the answers. I know how to listen, and I'm very, very excited for the opportunity to work with everyone to make Salt Lake City better, and then the whole state better. Mm -hmm. Talk about that vision for a second for Salt Lake City. A lot of the policies that you would en enact as a mayor have an impact not just on the city, but on the rest of the state. So give us a little, a little bit of vision for where Salt Lake goes next. Well, for me is, um, I. I'm a very uh, strong believer in having families and children and women and everyone be okay in order to succeed. So when we talk about sustainability, how are we doing to address poverty, inequality, disparity? Early childhood education is critical. People want to hear a mayor that will help the school board, that we make sure that ed education is strong. I understand they have their own governing elected body, but we can work with them. It's about being a leader and a visionary. And with this idea of sustainability, then every we do from housing and making sure that those policies are in collaboration with the state. The state is working very hard in affordable housing. We can do certainly more. And, and I think that's for me what's the vision is sustainable Salt Lake City, addressing everything we do through that angle and that lens and making sure we're working in collaboration with the state, the county and everybody else, the business community included. Mm -hmm. How about the relationship with the, the council that you will need to? We need to work with them. It has to be a one, everyone together in one, uh, with one vision and one message. Very good. Thank you for uh, your answers to these questions and for being with us today. That is Senator Luz Escamilla, candidate for Salt Lake City Mayor. Thank, Thank you. you.
Our next candidate is David Garbett, former staff attorney for the Southern Utah Wilderness Alliance, who also served as the executive director of the Pioneer Park Coalition. He currently works as the special project manager for Garbett Homes. David, great to have you with us today. Not a lot of times so we're going to jump right in, okay? Uh, as mayor, what will your number one policy priority be for Salt Lake City? Jason, thanks for having me here today. My number one policy uh, priority is air quality. Air quality, air quality. We've got to do something about the pollution that we deal with here in the Salt Lake Valley. Well, it's a, it's a great policy priority. What are some of your thoughts about how to achieve that? Well, I think the, the most important role for Salt Lake City is to be a leader and provide a vision, not just for the city, but for our airshed um, about how we get to clean air because you know, Salt Lake City is one fifth of the valley's population. We're a smaller fraction of the population on the Wasatch Front. A mayor of Salt Lake City can't, through ordinance, can't, through regulatory decree, fix this problem. What we have to do is be the convener of all the parties that are interested and actually put together that plan for how we get to clean air in the Salt Lake Valley. Mm -hmm. How is this issue of the clean air impacting the city and particularly economic development, which was something you've talked about? On all of those fronts, you know, one thing that I think is astounding is I was talking to a resident just yesterday, a doctor who had done research on the effect of air pollution on miscarriages. His research found that a woman in the Salt Lake Valley who is pregnant, just going through one inversion event, so just this, this small um, you know, episode of pollution, her likelihood of a miscarriage increases more than if she were to use cocaine. Wow. Think about that for a minute. Living in the Salt Lake Valley, if you're pregnant during an inversion event, means that you're more likely to miscarry than cocaine. That is ridiculous. Right. But we know that this affects us in all aspects of life, not just in health, but makes our economy um, poor because we lose productivity for people that are here. We know that this is something that keeps a lot of companies away that would otherwise locate here something that we've got to address. All right, very good. Uh, take a moment and talk about kind of you individually. When you have several candidates in a race, the, the opportunity to differentiate, differentiate yourself is important. Tell us what distinguishes you from other people that we will see on the ballot. So I'm new to politics. I'm a fresh face. I think that that's actually a positive thing, that I come in with a different universe of what I think is possible. I come in with a different level in, of enthusiasm to tackle these problems. And I'm not, I'm not green in the sense of the issues that I'm talking about. Air quality. Worked for 10 years as an attorney with the Southern Utah Wilderness Alliance, specifically on issues like air quality. Um, I've spent time at the front lines of homelessness and neighborhood safety when I was the director of the Pioneer Park Coalition. So again, I've been on the ground working on these issues my entire career. That's the sort of passion that I want to bring to City Hall. All right, very good. One last question. Uh, the policies that we implement in Salt Lake City have a tremendous impact on the rest of the state. Give us your vision going forward of Salt Lake City and its place in the state. My campaign slogan is a city to match its mountains. We know that we live in one of the most incredible locations in the world. And I think that there are a few things that hold the city back things like air quality, how we're responding to homelessness, what's happening with the price of housing. I want to tackle these because I really do think that our city has the potential to be world class. We need to address some of these issues. 
That's part of my vision, helping us to do that. And so many of our big problems, Jason, are more than just the city solving in isolation, being an island. We've got to work with others. And, you know, one of the things that I think is exciting coming up in the future is the opportunity to work with the legislature to put together a, a very strong bid for the Winter Olympics. Mm -hmm. And we saw the last time we did this, it led to some significant infrastructure changes in our community, put us on the world stage. I think we can do that again, and in a similar fashion, also address some of these big needs that we have in Salt Lake City. That relationship with the legislature is so important. How, how are you gonna go, go about kind of reestablishing some of those connections to help the city? Well, on the front end, I don't want to pretend like there isn't going to be some friction between the legislature and Salt Lake City. You know, oftentimes we're coming to issues with a different political vision, and that's naturally going to create tension. I think it would be wrong if I said, I'll get rid of that completely. You know, other than that, I think it's really about engagement, never giving up, working with the legislature. Look, I honestly believe that legislators, that the governor uh, comes to issues with the idea that they want what is best for the state and I want what's best as well. Now, we might have differences on what that looks like, but continuing to engage, I'm optimistic that we can often solve problems together, that we can figure things out. Um, coming from an entity that I sometimes will say is even less popular yeah. than the mayor of Salt Lake City, coming from the Southern Utah Wilderness Alliance, I know that you've gotta be up there, you have to work with people. Very good, thank you for answering these questions. We appreciate the time. This is David Garbett answering very important questions. Thank you. Jason, thank you. Joining us now in the studio is Richard Goldberger, former editor of the Salt Flat News and founder of the FNA Federated News. So glad to have you here with us, Richard, today. Uh, we don't have a lot of time, so we're going to jump right in, okay? As mayor, what will be your number one policy priority? Uh, I will declare an emergency, a citywide emergency, dealing with what we call the homeless, I refer to these people as American refugees. Okay, That's, so with this emergency, what will the emergency do and what will the impact be? Well, my objective is to have no illegal camping, no illegal camping or defecating in the city. I will establish an emergency triage reception campus, not a center, a campus, and I will have tremendous outreach uh, social work, sanitation, you get the drift. Uh, about a team of four people, uh, security. Okay. Uh, and these people will go out and will basically encourage <laughs> these folks. You can't, can't camp, and we'll have a hotline too. It will be 24 hours a day. And I'll also have a, a triage facility just for getting people assistance at the library square. We have an emergency here, and we can't play games about it. We can't have, it's a public health emergency when we have people defecating, living on the streets. This is a third, fourth world condition. We cannot have this in Utah. We cannot have this in the United States. In Los Angeles, we have 59,000 people living on the streets, and in San Francisco, you can get maps of where people are defecating on the streets. This is crazy. We can't have this happen here, and it's getting worse in Salt Lake. It's not getting better, contrary to popular belief. And the three new uh, centers, we call these centers, are not going to be adequate. They're, transport they're going to do some good, yes, but they're spread out, and it's going to cause problems in the neighborhoods, obviously, because of the behavior of these refugees. Refugee behavior is not conducive to quality living. Let's make it very clear. Okay. 
All right. In terms of uh, the other candidates, when you have several running for a race as we get ready for the primary, differentiating yourself is something that's just really important. Take a moment and tell us what uh, distinguishes you from the other candidates running for office. Well, that's an easy question. I'm a common sense crat. My slogan is government by objectives. Service to others equals service to self. I am laser underscore the word laser specific in what I want to do. The other candidates, they're good people, but they talk in platitudes and generalities. Uh, Mr. Garbett wants to move a power plant and move a refinery. Uh, that ain't going to happen. I mean, the only thing movement he can do would be a movement of nature, seriously uh, induced by nature. He can't move a power plant. And I told him, I said, sir, even if you succeeded, where would you locate it? In Sugar House? Come on. And the, the land would be so contaminated, you'd have a Superfund site uh, for the next 50 years. I mean, you're not going to move. You're not going to—it's impossible to move a refinery. He wants to move the Marathon refinery. I'll just give you an example. And the Gatsby plant. Ain't going to happen. Never will happen. So I, I want to be laser-specific in what I want to do. And one of the things I want to do is I want to have—I want to bring—the next thing I want to do is have a bus, a giant— uh, 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 like a uh, the campaign bus. I want to bring that into the neighborhoods, and I'll spend most of my time the office of the mayor in the neighborhoods conducting the city's business, whether it's Sweet Town, Rose Park, Ensign Peak, Bonneville. I'll be in the. I want to be in every neighborhood and sub neighborhood in the city conducting my business. That's different. I want to bring my campaign to the people. I am a servant to the people. I'm strictly a public servant. I don't like politicians. I really don't like politics, and I think a vast majority of people would concur with me. They don't like politicians. Politicians want your money, your vote, and don't bother us. We're too busy. Mm -hmm. One of the things that is kind of inside all of these ideas you just brought up is is working with our state legislature to some extent, too. What, what are your thoughts about engaging them with some of these efforts that you want to undertake? Well, it's a team. We're, we're a team. We have, we have the city. We have the county. We have the legislature. We have the governor. And we work. We try to work together. Again, my slogan is government by objectives. It's something different. Let's make it work. Let's let's make it work. Let's do things right, and we'll do the job. And guess what? It's going to pay off and probably at lower cost to the taxpayer because we're going to have more efficacy, more efficiency in how the money is being spent. I don't like waste, fraud, or abuse in governmental uh, spending. And it adds up into the, into the millions and millions. And they want to raise taxes again. Taxation with representation. Excellent. Thank you so much for your thoughts on these very important issues. We're so grateful to have Richard Goldberger, candidate for mayor, with us today. Thank you. It's been a privilege. Thank you. Well, we're pleased to have now with us David Ibarra, an entrepreneur and business owner of several companies that deal in insurance, brokerage, learning, and sales software. David also runs a scholarship foundation. Thank you so much for being with us today. Well, Jason, thank you for having me. When you think uh, about being mayor, uh, you have a set of priorities, I know. Uh, what will be number one for you as mayor? Well, it's almost unfair to ask number one because we can uh, chew gum and walk at the same time. But since you asked, the, the thing that is, that is most critical that's right in front of us is our homeless situation, our homeless crisis. I walk these streets of uh, our downtown every night uh, for about 45 minutes, and it's changed. And uh, it, it, it's not safe. Uh, it's not clean. And we're not being compassionate to the shelter-resistant population uh, that, that this 
this needs to be addressed in a very compassionate way. I think that's our first number one thing that we have to do. The shelters uh, are being closed. The resource centers are opening. But we still don't have uh, a, a direction for the shelter-resistant that do want to be on the streets and do want to live on the streets. And we've got to come up with a solution for that. And I have some things in mind, and we'll be ready should we need to do something. What are a couple of those big ideas? Well, one of the things is I think that uh, when I uh, don't know something, and that happens a lot, uh, I call somebody who does. And you, you can get a hold of the uh, Conference of Mayors. Uh, Mayor Fisher from Louisville is the president. And who in this country is doing well? And there's several cities that come up, Austin, San Antonio, and Tampa. And uh, there is an expert out there that I spent some time with, uh, uh, a national consultant, Robert Marbutt. And uh, they've those cities have approached it in a different way and have taken their um, um, folks that are sleeping on the streets in San Antonio from the 900 area to a functional zero. And the night that I was there, I walked in uh, at five o'clock in the morning, actually, and there was five people, only five sleeping in the street. And I'd call that a success. And those that say, no, I'm going to treat them like my brothers and sisters, I will do the exact same like my brother and sister, that I wouldn't allow to sleep on the street. We're better than that, and we're more compassionate than that. When you have a, a race that's crowded like this one with several different candidates, uh, it becomes very important to distinguish yourself in some way. Take a moment and describe for us what does distinguish you from these other candidates that are looking for this office. Well, I think that, you know, all the skills involved in this race are important. Certainly uh, in city council where we're doing uh, regulations and, and, and policy and the state legislature that were a piece of legislation. But none of those are, if they're not put into action, and an action, nothing happens until an action is put into motion, followed by another one and another one and another one. That's where we gain momentum. Now, I've spent my career uh, working with companies all across this country and CEOs on how it is that you set goals, create actions, who's going to do them, by when, set milestones so that we can check ourselves. And I'll tell you, that's the kind of experience that I bring from the private sector that I think is very important for the public sector as well. Now, part of your job with that experience will be working with our legislature, which has mm -hmm. been something this, the city has been, a relationship they've been working on for a little while. How will you approach that role and working with them specifically? Well, I think that the uh, team sport of uh, lobbying grenades at the legislature will be over under my administration. I have never seen, Jason, in my life where you get anything accomplished or an agreement made by insulting the other party. It just widens the gap. When you're problem solving, you look at what caused it. What actions could we do to relieve the cause? And when we roll up our sleeves and start a discussion together, guess what? Everybody forgets who's a Democrat and who's a Republican because problem solving is problem solving. And, you know, that's exactly what I'll bring to the legislature, to the legislature, to the Hill. And I've had fun speaking with the speaker, the president of the Senate, the governor and the lieutenant governor. I've had fun. When you think about how to use those relationships uh, and you combine that with your vision of Salt Lake, tell us where it's going. The vision for Salt Lake as you see it. Well, I tell you, for me, you know, it, 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 I like to do a, a purpose statement. And to me, Salt Lake City has got to be beautiful, prosperous, 
and livable. And there's certainly categories under, under each one of those three items. But when we talk about livable, you know, that, that means that we can have our uh, homeless situation uh, with a, with, under control, that folks aren't living and sleeping in the streets, that we have visitors that come to Salt Lake that experience Salt Lake. We have so much to offer, and we want them to have the kind of experience that they had 10 years ago, 20 years ago, during the Olympics, that neighborhoods become gathering points where you can sit on your stoop and have conversations and not feel like you're unsafe and prosperous when we get affordable housing and folks coming back and living in the city because we offer affordable housing. Guess what happens? Sales transactions. And we, our biggest uh, revenue generator is the sale of a product within our city because we, we receive about one-eighth of every uh, of the total sales tax. And that's how we can build our budget. And there's much more I could talk about. I know that's true. Thank you very much for answering these questions uh, for us today. Candidate for Salt Lake City Mayor, David Ibarra. Thank you. Thank you. Joining us now is Councilwoman Erin Mendenhall, who represents District 5 in Salt Lake City. She has also served as the council chair. She has a nonprofit background and helped found Breathe Utah and currently serves as the chairwoman of the State Air Quality Board. Erin, thank you for being with us today. Such a pleasure to be with you. Thank you, Jason. Okay, we're going to jump right in. Let's do it. As mayor, what is your number one priority? Infrastructure. I think I stand apart from the other candidates. You know air quality is the lens through which I see probably every issue we could possibly talk about, so it's always there. But infrastructure and public safety are the two main things that every city has to get right. They're just basic. And particularly since the 2008-2009 recession, our infrastructure has crumbled. And we know that a majority of our streets are in poor or failing condition. Last year when I was chair, we took some bold steps toward funding. Uh, one of those was doubling our maintenance crew. So we have twice as many lane miles getting repaired by next year as we did last year. The other piece was the $87 million bond we put on the ballot that our voters overwhelmingly approved in order to repair some of our worst streets. But the truth is we're just barely getting started on what needs to happen with our streets. So I think Salt Lake City deserves a mayor that knows how to not just use the financial tools that we have, how to aggressively go after the tens of millions in federal dollars that we're eligible for, get after those county transportation dollars we recently approved as a council, um, but really to how to hold the conversation with the community about what do you want done? How do we get it done? I'll tell you, no matter where I walk in the city, people talk to me about the streets. Mm-hmm. That's very good. Uh, well, you talked about that experience and that approach being something that distinguishes you. Uh, identify any other factors here. Once you have several candidates running for a race, it's important people understand what makes you unique. So give us a, a moment about that. Yeah, you mentioned in the intro that I was chair of the council last year, and you'll recall that 2018 was a seminal year for Salt Lake City. Uh, the Inland Port legislation following litigation stands out in particular um, and really our mayor's walking away from a negotiation to try to resolve and get Salt Lake City anything out of that horrible piece of legislation that happened last year um, left me as the chair with an option to decide to stand up as a chair like we never have before and go back to the state and say please work with me we've got to get something better for Salt Lake City residents that's what I did 
So that's just an illustration, I think, of what I uniquely bring to this campaign, which is real experience governing Salt Lake City. For the last 12 years, we've had a mayor, we've had two mayors over the last 12 years who came from the state legislature. I think it's time Salt Lake City had a mayor that has actual governing experience of Salt Lake City, who knows how to work with the community at every step, who knows how to get along and disagree with the council, but keep working together. Every one of my council peers encouraged me to run for mayor, and I think that should bring a lot of confidence to our residents and voters when they're looking at the difference between Aaron Mendenhall and the other seven people on the ballot. Mm -hmm. For just a moment about that relationship with the legislature, you've had to work with them uh, even in the most recent past. Uh, as mayor, how would you consider working with them? What are you going to do with that relationship and, and how to position Salt Lake City? This may be another place where I distinguish a little bit from other candidates, but I I believe that Salt Lake City is a pendulum swing from the rest of the state, politically speaking, most of the time. And our history of being combative um, over the decades has led to the state not necessarily inviting us to the table when we should be at the table. Our mayor should be a person who has the kind of a temperament and work ethic that stays at it, no matter what the setting of the table looks like. You've got to stay at the conversation for our residents. That's something I've done as an air quality advocate, as the chair of the air quality board for the state. I'm vice chair of our quality growth commission for the state. I'm in it with the state day in and day out. And I also know how to represent Salt Lake City's values and what we need as a city. So that's something I've been doing for the last six years as a city councilwoman and decade as an air quality advocate. When you start talking about those policies, um, how Salt Lake City goes in terms of policy has an impact on the state. Uh, in your final few seconds here, your vision for Salt Lake City going forward. Salt Lake City is and should continue to be the uh, leader in the region for progressive ideas and progressive values. That said, I would like us to grow a tech ecosystem here in Salt Lake City. I'm up on the hill with you by the University of Utah today where it's ground zero for great ideas. Research Park, the University of Utah, and the other universities in the community are coming up with some incredible entrepreneurs that we should be cultivating a fertile ground in Salt Lake City for them to put those entrepreneurial roots down, help us grow a tech ecosystem here. It's the highest paying, fastest growing industry in the state. We don't have enough of it. That's just a little piece of the vision I have of how we can grow Salt Lake City in a way that complements what we need and want as residents. Very good. Thank you for the insightful answers. Candidate for mayor, Aaron Mendenhall. Thank you. Thank you. Joining us now for our final interview is Stan Penfold. As former Salt Lake City Councilman, he served as Redevelopment Agency Chairman of the Council for three years and in leadership in that council for those three years. He also served as the former director of the Utah AIDS Foundation. So glad to have you with us here today, Stan. It's a pleasure. Thank you. So let's start just with the big issue here on your policies and priorities. As mayor, what is the number one priority for you going forward? Well, the thing I hear most from everybody is air quality and concerns about our air quality in Salt Lake City and in the Valley. And people just want to do something. So my number one initiative is to uh, provide free Fair for Clean Air, which is a free uh, UTA pass for every single Salt Lake City resident. It's something that we tried out in 2017 when I was on the council. I, I got a collaboration with UTA and uh, Salt Lake County, and we did a free fair day, and ridership went up 26% that one day. So I know people are eager, eager to do it, and by eliminating that sort of fair barrier, I know we'll get a bump in ridership. Mm -hmm. What kind of impact are you seeing that having just in terms of the population 
location, but people looking to relocate to the state or grow here? Well, I know that people um, are really looking for alternatives to their cars, but we haven't done a really great job of providing alternatives. And so while we say we know that tailpipe emissions are the number one contributor to our air quality problems, we really haven't given people a lot of options to get out of their cars. So I think this is just one step in that direction. Uh, by eliminating that fare barrier, I know that people will start riding the bus and the train. Um, but then we have some more work to do around um, do those uh, modes of transportation get people where they need to be? Does the bus run when you need it, where you need it? That's kind of the next step. Mm -hmm. Very good. Now, when you have several candidates running for an office, as, as you have uh, competitors here, it's important to try to show how you can distinguish yourself in some way. So take a moment about that. How would you distinguish yourself from the other candidates? Well, first off, I say it's always good to have uh, great candidates in a campaign. Wouldn't it be wonderful if every election was a hard choice? Um, but I think I'm different because I really come from Salt Lake City neighborhoods. I started over 30 years ago as a neighborhood activist for one of the uh, community councils and worked my way up uh, beginning with Palmer DePaulis as mayor. And he's sort of my idol of what a mayor should be. And um, I just had a lot of experience uh, working from that neighborhood perspective and then serving on the council. I, I learned how the city works. And so that's what I bring uh, to this role of mayor is really understanding how the city functions, how it works, what we need to do to really focus on what we, how we want to look in the future, what we want to be in the future. Mm -hmm. One of those uh, issues you had to take up is the relationship with the Utah State Legislature. Uh, as, as the mayor, what are you going to do to approach that relationship, improve it, or Otherwise, I mean, just how are you going to work with them? Well, I think it, it's absolutely critical that the mayor be at the table with a really strong voice. And so that has to happen. And it's, and that relationship is frequently adversarial between the city and the state just because we kind of represent different constituencies. But that doesn't mean that we don't want some things uh, in common uh, that are very important to all of us, economic development being a really good example. Um, I think the success comes from finding out that sort of common level value use that we all share. And then when we start a conversation there, rather than at a higher political opposite sort of level, I think we start talking about what we want to see happen as a group of citizens and uh, residents. And once we start that conversation at that level, I think we're far more likely to have progress that benefits everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, as you work on that relationship, uh, the policies that go forward, particularly for Salt Lake City, seem to have an impact not just on the city, but throughout the state. W with that in mind, uh, your vision for Salt Lake City as it relates to the rest of the state of Utah? Well, Salt Lake City is the capital city. And I think sometimes we we forget that and we don't behave like we are the capital city. We're the number one economic driver for this entire region. And sometimes we we just don't behave like we are. I think that's the attitude that's really important for us to take to the table when we're talking to the state, when we're talking to the county, when we're talking to other um, municipalities like that. We can lead out. We don't have to wait for someone to fix our air quality problems or to uh, help us with some of the political issues that are concerns to us. We need to lead out. Our non-discrimination ordinance ordinance was a really good example of that. Salt Lake City led out on that. Other cities adopted it, and then it finally went to the state and was approved. I think we need to take more action like that. Mm -hmm. Are there any other initiatives similar to that that you're thinking about undertaking? Well, there's certainly uh, I, uh, environmentally, absolutely. We're uh, looking at uh, net zero, carbon neutral initiatives. Um, we're looking at plastic and what's happening with plastic on a global level, and what can we do locally about that. I think those are really important issues, and I think Salt Lake City residents truly care about those things and want us as a city to be proactive. Very good. Thank you for your thoughtful answers to these questions. We appreciate it. Joining us today, Stan Penfold, candidate for mayor.
Thank you so much. Thank you. We hope you have enjoyed this special podcast edition of the Hinckley Report and that you will join us for season four, which premieres on Friday, September 6th at 7.30 on KUED. Every episode of the Hinckley Report is also available as a podcast, so you can stay up to date with Utah's top political news. Just subscribe on your favorite platform. This episode of the Hinckley Report podcast is produced by Natalie Tippetts, Brooke Doner, Eric Nielsen, and Morgan Lyoncotti. Technical support provided by KUED. The Hinckley Report is funded through the generosity of the George S. and Dolores Dore Eccles Foundation and the Cleone P. Eccles Endowment Fund.